listening to the EdReach Network. This EdReach podcast is supported by EdReach's own Teacher Tech Talk. Teacher Tech Talk is the show where we discuss technology, gadgets, apps, and tips that impact teachers, students, and learning. Get connected to find out what other educators are doing in their classrooms. Go to edreach.us slash TTT and subscribe. Now, enjoy your show. EdGamer, episode 125, Holiday Specials, Holiday Purchases. This is EdGamer for Saturday, January 11th, 2013. Stop smiling, Jerry. EdGamer is part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A super grande voice. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry, who apparently no longer has any say in the title of the show. I forgot to ask you, didn't I? Yeah, you totally forgot to ask. What I do you want to change it to? We had a title. I, <laughs> what do you want to change it to, Jerry? Holiday Jerry is holiday special. <laughs> I had something pop in my head, but I don't think I can say it live. Oh, my holiday present. Wow. Okay, Jerry. <laughs> Open your present and tell us who you are. My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts educator from Schomburg, Illinois. And looking at my blurby here, you didn't change anything. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Oh, my goodness. What a week, Jerry. What a week. What a crazy, blizzardy, disgusting week. How, how, how much snow did you get? A lot. Yeah, you had a you had one storm, and then you had a second. We had, you know what? Honestly, it was it was pretty ridiculous. I think we would have been close on Monday to just having an honest snow day. Um, we ended up getting out because of the cold weather, um, and it was cold. It, it was, was extremely cold. Yeah. What uh, What was the actual temperature? Um, I know at one point it was actually colder in Chicago than it was on the South Pole in Antarctica. It was yes. like negative 18 or something, and the South Pole was like negative 16. So that's a little weird, you know. It's not not quite right. Um, but uh, yeah, it got down to it got down to into the negative double digits, um, and then the wind chill was 40, 50 below. Yeah, it, it was like a 25, 30 mile an hour wind. And then the problem was the snow would not stop. I mean, it, it was slightly snowing, but because of the wind, it was blowing so badly. So we shoveled, you know, like a, a dog walk for the poor dogs because <laughs> they were pooping on the sidewalk. Um, and uh, it was literally an hour before it would just be filled again. You, know, you, yeah. couldn't, you couldn't keep snow out of areas for, for more than a half an hour. So the truck died, went out, Ooh. tried to start it. That was totally dead. You know, a neighbor's car died, and we had to put it into, he parked behind himself, so he, you know, we put it into neutral, rolled it down the driveway, tried rolling it back up, but he had gotten out of the car and put it into park, and then the whole car froze up, couldn't get it back into neutral, so <laughs> his car was halfway in the oh driveway, halfway in the, yeah, that was, yeah. that was, so to push it with another car, so yeah, it was, 
Lovely. Two days off of school, and you know that was back just coming back from break, probably much like everybody. So yeah, yeah, it was it was it, was, it got down to negative fifteen or sixteen. And then it was probably negative 40 or so with the wind chill. And then, and I was like, your dogs don't have, you don't put coats on your dogs. You don't no. put boots on your dogs. I mean, you got, no, no boots. you have big dogs. Uh, but, you know, I've got a little 14-pound Bichon, and it's like, <laughs> you know, what do you do? Now, the snow, the way it blew, it actually, there wasn't a lot on our deck except up against our of course, our back sliding glass door. Right. And, you know, it's like, it's all clear, but this pile <laughs> that's larger <laughs> than our dog. So we had to go out and shovel that out. And then off to the right, there was, you could see grass because it had just blown off. But then on the other side of the yard is just a huge pile of snow. And, of course, when Buddy goes out, he looks off to the right, kind of looks out, oh, there's grass, but decides to go to the left side of the deck <laughs> where all the snow is and then gets stuck. And then I'm throwing, you know, and it was just, when I went outside on Monday, I breathed in, and it hurt. Yeah. It yeah. hurt. They were saying exposed skin within three minutes could could be, you know, yeah. maybe not permanent frostbite, but, but damaged. Yeah. You know, which now, is, did, I don't know about your work crews, you know, your staff within the district and at your school, but I found out that our staff, our custodial crew, was actually out on Monday yeah. and Tuesday yep. clearing off snow. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I... I was out there, and it was brutal. Yeah, I talked to my principal, and he said each day there were there was probably about ten people in the building, you know, that that still had to come in. The administration wow. all still has to come in. They don't get snow days, so. Wow, that was that's crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So you started back on Wednesday. Started back on Wednesday, long day. We couldn't couldn't do the show that night because uh, we had our incoming freshman parent night. Oh, we did too. For, so. huh. Except I'm at the junior high, but my daughter's you know going to the high school and mm. kind of scared. So you guys did all the did all the electives line up and try to sell you their classes? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's you know the my wife was quite impressed because she went to a small. Um, you know, parochial school, and they didn't have a lot of selection, and, and she was really impressed with all the different types of classes, you know, our daughter could take, and and no, there was... Now, a, now good luck taking them, that's the only problem. Yeah, <laughs> and trying to figure out how that works out, and then she w needs to make sure that she has some foreign language, you know, and, and the line of work that she wants to go in at this point in time, since she's in eighth grade, because she totally knows, you know... <laughs> There's a hundred percent chance that what she wants to do now, she'll be doing when she's an adult. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's you're making all these decisions. It's quite I still want to be a dinosaur at that age. Um, <laughs> no, you it's, are uh, today, though, Jerry. So yeah, look at look at. Yeah. You know. um, no, uh, we, you know, I had a parent come up to me and just say, "So they can only pick two electives, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, unfortunately, they only get two electives their freshman year." And he goes, I just signed up my kid for four years of engineering electives to get in the engineering program. He goes, I don't even know if my kid likes engineering, but they said I had to sign up tonight. He goes, I, I don't even I don't even know if he wants to be an engineer. He's not even in the school yet. And I was like, wow, this is what it's come down to. It's come down to, you know, because this is, sadly, I'm also selling my job because if enough kids yeah. Sign up for art classes, yeah. then I don't have a job anymore. So, yeah. um, in this day and age, you know, they our electives start sending out 
letters to kids in elementary school saying you've been pre-approved because of your math score for for oh, ed this no. engineering elective and just oh, come no. on in and sign up and parents get all excited you know and they're like and my question is does it really help you you think it would if that's what you want to go into when you get to college now I actually had this conversation with a couple science teachers you know the other day and I said listen we, we require to get out of our high school four years of English three years of mathematics two years of science right and then we require one year of um, arts applied tech foreign language right or family oh, consumer sciences right, right. or any of those for or one year so one subject gets four years and four subjects get one year divided between them I said you're literally sitting at this table and telling me that that what I do is not as important as what you do there's right. no other way to get around that right I mean, you're essentially saying that what I do is not as important to children as what you do and uh, you know, I think it's sad. It's a sad point right now that it, when kids should be at their highest level of exploration, they're bombarded. You know, I have kids that are kids can can no longer do what I did in high school. My senior year, I was allowed to take five art classes, and I didn't know until my senior year that I wanted to go into art. You know, I took five art classes, and we have one kid that takes three. He's the anomaly. Otherwise, we have a couple kids that take two. So my argument now is. As an art department, we're under-preparing kids for college. You want to talk about college preparedness? Yeah. If they're yeah. going to an art school, they're not prepared. Right. So this was and if, and if they a want burning to go into, conversation last oh, night. Oh, yeah. If you want to go into, the, into t technology, you want to go into programming, anything like that, you know, I think there's a push by schools to add that into their curriculum. Mm -hmm. But then where do you put it? Right. You know, it's... it's okay, so my, my daughter law enforcement and she likes the arts mm -hmm. so so taking a foreign language like Spanish would be great for being in um, you know in law enforcement right wouldn't you think yeah. that would be probably a good choice to do yeah sure um, to have so it, that would be a positive um, you know in working with communities and, and things like that but you also have she likes art and what path do you take there? She loves ceramics. She wants to do that. But then it's like we're making decisions in eighth grade, you know, on based on well, if you go into um, was it commercial arts, yeah, you know, learning programming and, and Photoshop and all those all those programs, then you'd have a better chance of making decent money when you get out of college down the road. You know, you're trying to figure out that path. But we're trying to make that decision now when she's in eighth grade. When you were in eighth grade. Did you have any clue, really, of what classes you really needed to take in order to get to college? I didn't take any. I'll tell you one thing. I didn't take any art classes in high school. I hated art. I yeah. didn't take a single art class yeah. in high school. The last, or in junior high. The last art class I took was, was in elementary school, and then I skipped all the way up to high school, and I, I got into it through photography, so I went completely backwards. And it really wasn't until my senior year that I took anything that pertained with what I was yeah. doing in college. So, but you know what? There's two, there's two people that are aiding to this, aiding this problem. That are that are seriously screwing it up worse. One is the federal and state governments with the requirements that they lay down on kids because they're caught up in an arms race with other supposed arms race with other countries and and knowledge, trying to force feed all this knowledge and create as many engineers as possible. 
And the other is the universities. Part of it's their uh, fault. Why uh -huh. why are they require why are state universities where I'm going to go for an art program requiring me to have four years of English and four years of math and four years of science in high school. That's what yeah. that's what our, they're telling our counselors. Yeah. They want four of the big three. Yep. Four years of math, science, and English. Do you know how little time that leaves kids to do other? Why are my kids taking statistics? It's just, that's insane. Right. Now, if you want to create a statistics class where they study the statistics and how politicians use them and, and how <laughs> people use them incorrectly, yeah. now that's a cool class. I would That'd support my kid going to that yeah. class. It's, but, I'm seeing the same thing. It's, it's one of those, it's just very frustrating. If she goes into certain programs, why would she need to take certain classes? Schools are going to have to start changing I think our, our secondary schools are going to have to start changing. Um, and, you know, I, as a beginning parent, stashing money away from my child, I'm, I'm like, okay, she could go to a four-year school, yada, yada, yada. You know, but I didn't even go to a four-year school. I went to community college, got associates, went off to a four-year school, saved a ton of money. And I'm seeing more and more students do that. I'm seeing very high-level yeah. students. Oh, yeah. Yeah. do that because they're like okay I want to become a teacher and why would I go to a four-year institution when I could go two years and two years and save forty to fifty thousand dollars oh yeah yeah why and, would I why yeah, would I do big that? schools know that you know and the other problem is what you just said which is not a problem at all it's a completely justified fear by parents that they want number one they want their kids to have a job they want their kids to have an education that gets them some kind of a job so they can support themselves. Mm -hmm. And they also want their kids to never be held back so that if your kid decides in their sophomore year of college that suddenly they want to be an engineer, they don't want selecting the wrong classes in high school to be the reason they can't right. be an engineer. Yeah. You know? it's so your fault, it's mom a, and dad. Right. It's a completely justified fear. I actually, in all of this, I don't blame the parents because we're asking them to make decisions that are impossible. I mean, I had I had people in that I lived with in college that changed their majors three times. Yep. You know, like I mean, just complete upheavals. We're not talking about from like you know two different brands of psych. We're talking about from like computer science to communications, you know, I yeah. mean, like, just completely different things. Yeah. There, there's a world of possibilities out there, and I think the saddest thing we're doing in high schools is we're shutting down the exploration yes. so we can fund this, you know, help create these. Every kid comes out with the same possibility. So if every kid, it's like we're making every kid no. want to be an engineer. You know, like, we, we believe... We believe every kid is capable of learning, which which I do believe. I believe every kid is capable of learning, but I will say one thing. Not every kid is capable of learning in our school system. Right. Our school system is screwed up, and there's only one way that it that it forces kids to learn, and not every kid can learn that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, instead of encouraging kids outside of the box to to trying new things in high school we're we're going the other way and saying listen you're not doing well enough in math so we're going to give you more math <laughs> yeah so and you know sad. one one last thing here well maybe a couple more things but the we're looking at class rank and knowing that she's going to have to take you know ACT SAT you know, whatever it's it's you know in a 
in a school world where you are taking the four language arts, you know, three science, three math, all that, you know, that's what the class rank is based off of. Mm -hmm. When we start looking at standards, and I know some people cringe at that, and I, but part of me really likes it because it breaks down certain skills. If you put certain skills together and say class rank based upon this skill, class rank based upon this skill, this skill, you know, my children might not be at the top as 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 it pertains to how schools are built today, but mm -hmm. if they but they are the top in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Colleges need to see that. Absolutely. Why Colleges why should a college why should a college that's accepting a kid to its art ed program be looking at anything besides the kid's ability to one read and write and two produce right. artwork? Right. I mean that's the only thing that should right. be of concern. So my I was in the top half of my class, right? So, but I had a very, very, very intelligent class of kids that I was with. But that really didn't bother me so much. But what I'm good at now within teaching, technology, you know, gamification, whatever you want to call it, you know, I would be at or near the top, right, mm -hmm. compared to the rest of my class if, if I looked at it today. But that... Those teaching was around, but the the technology and things that I'm good at now didn't even exist mm -hmm. when I was ranked with my class at the time. You know, we are we need to prepare kids for a life <laughs> that we don't even know exists yet. I got through I got through my my portfolio, which is the capstone evaluation of my college program. I got both in the program and out of the program because of my use of technology was ahead of yeah. others in the field. I could do something that other people couldn't yep. with Photoshop, and that allowed me to get in and out of the program. Yep, and that's it's that's where we need, we really need to find those skills for, we need to hone in those skills that the kids are really good at. We mm -hmm. also need to support the skills that they're weak at and work on those with them. Mm -hmm. But we don't do that. We have this broad paintbrush that we use. But there is one area that we can say that is needed in schools and that would be technology yeah you're you're going to have to work with technology whatever field you go into and it's only yeah. going to get it's only going to get more advanced yeah so yes language arts is very important because you're going to have to communicate but you're communicating with technology being mm -hmm. able to logically think through you know uh, some type of math you know yes do i use math as a teacher i do do I use statistics? Some I, I might have to. I might need a little bit of that, looking at data and, and other things. But would you say what ninety? I don't know. Ninety percent of the math that I probably was taught. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I know that's probably very large. But you know, when I look, I don't. It, it's it's frustrating. It just seems um, that a I lot of the closer things, to ninety seven, but a lot of the skills that <laughs> I learned in high school. Um. When it, as it pertains to math, I'm not using really that much today. So I watched two kids sit down and do a required geometry problem that had them graphing a line with the value of 1 over 2. And I just thought, my God, why? <laughs> why, why are you doing this? Like, what, what deeper understand? And you know what the bigger problem is? <clears throat> kids hate it when you waste their time. Yeah. And they know when you, if they can't see the bigger picture of why they're right. doing something, then they assume you're wasting their time with busy work, and it, and then learning ends. Learning and you could, over at that point. And you could, 
argue that getting them to to think, to problem solve, using math, that's fine. But there's other ways to do that than sure. having them constantly doing sure. similar problems over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, then let's start a let's start a class called mathematical problem solving that you take once while you're in high school. That... And but you know what? There's teachers out there that are doing it. Yeah. They're they're creating spaces that that you can do that, and that's where you know, let's let's bring it all together here. Um, you know, I think the reason why we get excited about games and using them in the classroom is that those games can be used in multiple education environments. They can be used in language arts. They can be used in math and science and in social studies. And having the kids learn how these games are put together and even uh, why they are successful or not successful and giving them the, the, the skills to code and, and create these things, mm -hmm. I think is a skill that all kids should have an opportunity to learn. And we are so far behind when it comes to that. We're we're looking now at oh you know because I, I know some of the teachers at the high school yeah we do a little coding we do a little this we do a little that I I don't know Jerry I think it's <laughs> not everybody can do it and do it well but having some basic knowledge I think is very important well, you know I'm going to jump ahead on one of these articles that we have and you're going to get mad at me because it's you know which tab is it. Yeah. The okay. So over break, one of the things that I'm gonna t we're gonna talk about today is games uh, bought over break uh, because there were a lot of sales out there. One of the games that, especially with all the bad weather it, that was going on, that I started getting into, which I know the rest of the world has except Jerry, I think. Yeah. Uh, Candy Crush. Not me. Candy Crush is. Um, I don't know. It's it's crazy, Jerry, that this game. Um, it's simple, but yet very complex. Oh, the sweetest game. Yeah. So um, this is a Time business article. But, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, uh, James Paul G. and others that talk about the science and why, why games can be addictive. You know, they've taken, somebody has to have a, uh, a psychology degree. Some you know within this company, you know what are the areas? It talks about it makes you wait. So you know I get five lives, I can go as far as I want, but honestly it does make you wait because there's some levels that I don't think. Sometimes I wonder if there's actually a way to actually to solve <laughs> to solve it. Because I, you ask anybody that plays Candy Crush, I bet they'd probably tell you that there are sometimes the way it, the board sets up there's no way for you to get it done so you're gonna lose those lives you're gonna lose those five lives and then you have to wait a certain amount of time in order to get those lives back so you know I love this we're all suckers for sweet talk um, you know candies above making cascades it's just the positive talking and it's you know really nice and it's sweet looking actually it's kinda of disturbing some of the <laughs> some of the characters I don't know there's there's the puppets you know that are there. What are the puppets, Jerry? That they're kind of like on sticks, and you, you have other little sticks that move their arms, and they're, <laughs> you know, they're. I I don't know. Uh, you can play marionettes. Okay. Yeah, marionettes. There you go. We make yeah, those in our uh, class. Yeah, that's kind of disturbing. I think it I saw is. a horror film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can play with one hand. Yeah, except when you you know you have big thumbs and you try to move <laughs> something and you go, no, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, there's always more. Okay, you're just, it just kind of just, it goes on and on. You don't have to pay, but if you do, it's, they make it very easy to do so. 
Mm-hmm. There's no way. I think most people get upset with it because you know they'd be willing to pay like four dollars for the game and not have to worry about waiting and coming back. But they'll never do that. <laughs> they'll never do that. So it's it taps into your inner child. It's social. It's an escape. It grows on you. It does, and it it, it frustrates you, and yet you still want to keep coming back to it. Huh. Very interesting. I I don't so, I don't know. So the My wife that, plays it a lot. Yeah. She loves it. So you know, we talk about this a lot. Where how can we make schools? You know, can we can we take some of these things and use them within our classrooms? Um, have the kids pay us? You want to you want to keep going? <laughs> keep going. That's great. Ninety nine ninety nine cents. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what should be the title of our show today. You want to you want to stay in my classroom? <laughs> to continue on that gamer, continue. please <laughs> please pay ninety nine cents. Um, it's no, you, you know what though? I've actually seen this kind of come through, and this is this is my big bold prediction for schools, in, um, coming up, and this kind of ties into both sides of what we were talking about, um, because I think that motivation comes from exploring deeper. Um, more specific content when you find an area that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually think the core subjects, things like math and science and English, I think their electives in those core subjects are going to start to become the stronghold of them. You know, like we have a science class called med terms. You know, how, how do you how do you take understand that you want to take med terms at high school? It's only because you have like a great motivation to do that because you would want to be a doctor or something. Are you talking about medical terms? So yes. You're learning like Latin. Yeah, like yeah. med terms. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, but like I think yeah, med, like terms. med terms. Yeah, but I think that would be more interesting for kids in biology than learning cells and cell structure and things like that. You know, and then we work back <laughs> maybe for some people into that. Wow, <laughs> who knows? For kids that really wanted to do it, they would. You know, or like we have a math class that's that's coding, that's programming. You know, but kids wanting to, kids are more likely to go to that than to go to algebra two. Do you have uh, we have in our middle school something called math counts? It's a like a math team, hmm. and you I think they go to competitions. They do some other things, but it's it's what they do to practice is that they get these crazy questions, and then they work together to try to solve them. Interesting. And the the solving of the problem is what's exciting to them. They just want to be able to solve it. And if you really think about it, there's a lot of there's a lot of jobs out there where I mean we do problem solving all the time as a teacher, mm-hmm. right? I have talk about a math problem. I have 25 students. They learn in you know 25 billion different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, making a seating chart is probably one of the most difficult <laughs> math problems there ever has been created. I challenge somebody to come in and try to do, you know do it better than I do with my kids. So it's there's but I'm problem solving all the time. I'm changing my lessons to match what I do. I teach three social studies classes, but each class I teach it a little bit different because I have a different there are different variables that are there. We're always problem solving. You're problem solving in your classroom. A sure. lawyer is problem solving. You know they enter they um, uh, interview a witness. Uh, they put the witness on the stand. They have to adjust their questioning based upon what's happening in the courtroom. Police officers, you know, I think that's why people like watching CSI and in those police shows because they're coming up with different ways of solving problems. We like to solve problems. That's true. 
is so, why we love games. Yeah, so it's, it's so we need to kind of we kind of need to use that uh, to our advantage. Well, is isn't that at the base of all education kind of what you want? Because when that, you when you come across when you come across a problem in your life, you want students to have the tools and skills to be able to solve it. Whether that problem is how do I make a living? How do I get help for an addiction? How do I? You know what I mean? Like that's always the basis. Helplessness has got to be one of the you know what you don't want is a kid to walk out of school and go. Now what do I do? You know, like who's going to help me pay my taxes? <laughs> like that's you know I think that is the number one thing that right. we could give students at all. So when kids are playing games in my classroom, you know, yeah, they might ask for help, mm -hmm. but they most of the time they will try to figure it out on their own. When you're playing Candy Crush. No, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. And some people might look up online, but trust me, you look up online, the online, you know, ways of helping you for Candy Crush are just ridiculous. Duh. <laughs> you know, you know, they just come up. I've, I've looked at it. You try to figure it out. So, um, but kids that, you know, I teach language arts, so I teach, teach reading. Kids that love to read are going to read no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then I can come up with some questions to help them think and problem solve. The kids that struggle reading, maybe I need to start turning it into a problem-solving uh, adventure, hmm. you know, and reading the story. Maybe I need to switch that around and, and try to get them to get excited about reading because reading is an adventure. You know, if you have a, a book that interests you, you should be able to stick with it, um, just like a game. Hmm. Okay. Man, we've just we've kind of we've been bantering here. Um, yeah, that was a complete. Let's banter. go to the outline. <laughs> let's go to the outline of the show. Hey, uh, so on the twentieth of. You know what? I'm going to let you talk about this for a second on the screen because my computer is about to die. What? Yeah. Um. So I need to get my charger. Oh, I was like, why isn't it plugged in, Jerry? Okay, so. Nilo, our friend from the Great White North of 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 Sweden, um, Nilo, Nilo, uh, he has um, he has a on. It's called Hangouts on Air. Be smart on air, and he basically he has, has an international uh, following, and he has invited me. And I, when Jerry comes back, make sure. Talk to him, see if he's available because it's on the twentieth, which we have that day off. Which Nilo was quite kind in ex trying to get that set up. He's calling it Alphabet Soup because I think there's many different people that are going to be joining this on-air event. And right now, um, how many people? There's about eight or so people. I'm sure that will go up. But they're going to talk about all different topics, and we'll do a little bit with, with educational gaming. But it'll be very interesting in getting his perspective on education as, as it pertains to Sweden. And then, and then hopefully there'll be some people from Europe and, and getting an, um, uh, just getting some, I guess, information and comparing and contrasting what goes, goes on over there. Because we hear a lot about how Sweden and uh, how their schools are, are so wonderful. And they are. They are good. Uh, it's because Nilo's there. That's, see, this is kind of tough when Jerry is not there. Thanks, Jerry, for leaving me hanging here. 
Hey, so uh, that's going to be on the 20th. We'll have that in the show links and where you can go to see that. And I hear Jerry. Jerry! Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's really, I don't like, I don't think I could ever do an individual show <laughs> just myself. So I was talking about, it's on the 20th, and I think you should join Join this. Yeah, it's join. Uh, like, it's 4 o'clock his time, mm. which is like 10 o'clock a.m. our time on the 20th, which is, or 9 o'clock or something. I don't know. It's in my calendar, and I've done, Google does the conversion for me. But it's an alphabet soup. It's all different types and subjects, and I was hoping that we could get some background on um, schooling over there. That would be very and, cool. But the, he's hosting it, so we'll definitely, maybe I can repost it. Ed Reach, I'm sure, will be kind enough to let us repost that onto, uh, onto the network. Hey, the next one is, I got this. Um, email about the White House doing a student film festival. Have you heard about this, Jerry? I have not. I think this. I think your kids would be interested in this. Um, it's let's see. It's how technology is being used in school. It's open to K twelve. Films must be under three minutes. And uh, some of the things your film should address at least one of the following themes, how you currently use technology in a classroom or the role technology will play in the education of the future. Hmm, so I think cool. that would be kind of cool. I think I'd have some kids yeah, like that, that would be interested in doing that. So um, very cool. Love nice. the picture of the president. Yeah, I was going to say, I like that picture. Oh, wow. um, legit too. Okay, are you a Jimmy uh, Fallon fan? Um, yeah, he's pretty funny. Yeah, so he had a special over the weekend, and you need to go back to the uh, the White House thing there, bud. I just closed it. Ah, okay, so because he was doing, he was showing highlights of his show from the year, and I guess they were doing um, different, I don't know if they were showing different dances for moms or something, <laughs> and so Fallon's dressed up as a woman, and then Michelle Obama comes out, and does the dances with him. Actually, I think I've seen that clip. Oh, my goodness. It is so funny. So I was just saying, she's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> she's pretty cool. Uh, so there's that. The next one, I just got this. I think I saw this today. Um, get started with Intel Galileo Development Board. A development board. <laughs> It's the first product, a new family of, why do they have to come up with these names? Arduino? Arduino. Arduino. Do you know? Arduino. Make uh, great pizzas. <laughs> it's a me, Arduino. Arduino. Uh, compatible development boards featuring the Intel architecture. The platform is easy, easy to use for new designers and those looking to take designs to the new level. I guess it's, it's down here it says uh, the Maker Faire. Intel is proud support of the Maker Faire. And uh, I think that's where I saw it. I might have been on Google Plus. So I thought this was kind of interesting. Hmm. And you can it? buy the board. It? I don't know. I guess I should have read this. Yeah. We want to inspire inventors and creators of the world to help foster community makers. I think it's a um, it's an open board where I really this is stupid. Sorry guys. <laughs> And moving on. I thought I I thought I had it on there, but um, there's an hey, go back. You closed it, didn't you? <laughs> God, you're you're a really good producer here, Jerry. You know what? You didn't even know what it was. Okay. 
it looks like a computer board that runs on Linux, but okay. So the first one, there's like a getting started video. First installment of the tutorial is designed to get you, get you building the next big thing. Covers the basic structure of Arduino programs, writing code in proper proper syntax, getting an overview of the Arduino user interface, and engaging in your first set challenges. So it seems like an open board that you might be able to modify and change in many different ways. So like shoots and ladders. No, I don't think that's what it means. I think it's it's kind of like an open world uh, hardware. So it's like yeah, Minecraft open world sandbox thing. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Frequently asked questions. Can we go on to the next one now? <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so. Next one is uh, Gamified Wikispace that Wes Fryer shared. And this is actually run by uh, Verena Roberts. And I thought this was a very interesting site. It looks like it's going to start growing. But they, they have these different quests. This is cool. So, you know, Quest 1, Examine and Investigate Serious Games. Get involved in the uh, open online community has middle school students create game design uh, and Minecraft application. There's gamified uh, ed quests. And yeah, so this looks like a very interesting place. Neat. So one of the quests here, gamification using Minecraft, the special part of the project is optional. Hope to have 50 to 100 students creating a mod in Minecraft based on the student source winner of the P4 challenge. So this looks like a very interesting place to where um, I'm going to do a little research into it, and maybe even show it to my game club. Yeah. So it said, welcome to the Gamified Ed Wiki, inspired by the Ed, Ed Curious Path to Panem Hunger Games. Oh, it's kind of a cool section here. I don't know if I, how I ran into it, but costs. I put together a spreadsheet using Google Docs that shows the estimated cost for a classroom of 30 students to get online with Minecraft EDU, uh, oh, their first started. year using cloud-based solution. Yeah, is that the getting started with? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Five hundred dollars, cool. not bad. Very cool. Oh, well, nice. I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that's going to be. You know, I have a grant coming in soon, but I also have I've got a couple things coming in soon. So hopefully, I might be able to use that spreadsheet. Nice. Okay, so down below, the games bought over break. I bought a lot more games than this because Steam really. That's another addictive thing. <laughs> they put some of these games on sale that you know you want to play eventually, and, you know, it's like, okay, what do you do? But also, I got a gift card to um, uh, GameStop, and then nice. I also had some older games that not using, so I turned those in, and, and uh, now my kids are using iPhones instead of Nintendo DSs, so we turned nice. those in too. So we, had, we bought probably six or seven Xbox games. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so ranging from, um, you know, like uh, the 2K13, the NBA, football. Um, I got Modern Warfare 4. Nice. Uh, or uh, Let's see, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. And what were some of the others? Oh, the, well, the one you have up, Lego Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. So I finally got to play this. Now, th what's interesting is because I, I've been – we've talked about it before. What's interesting is that the differences, it follows somewhat of the storyline, but there are definite differences between the actual, uh, I guess, book 
to movie to um, to the to the game, and some of it is quite humorous, of <laughs> course, in the sense that uh, you know Legos is quite humorous. They do a great job with with storytelling. It's very cool. So we had a lot of fun with that. There was some challenging stuff at the beginning because we're just getting used to the uh, the gameplay. One thing that's interesting, anybody that's ever played the Lego games, is that usually if you play, if you co-op with somebody, you have two people and they're on one screen and somebody is always trying to push to get to the next area and you're still in there trying to get coins, you know, and, and such, and it just upsets you. Now it's split screen. So left-hand side is, is one person, the right-hand side is one person, and when you're close enough to each other, it puts it all in full screen. It's taken a while to get used to, but actually it's cut down on the getting upset with the person you're playing with, most likely my youngest daughter, <laughs> who gets mad at me or I get mad at her, and then she goes over and hits me and tries to lose all my coins and like we start <laughs> fighting each other rather than the enemies in the game. Not that like, anybody else has ever run into that <laughs> problem before. Uh, I like the warning for comic mischief. Oh yeah, oh it is totally. It is quite. They do. They have a lot of fun with this. And what's nice is that they've actually used uh, audio from the movie, so it's the voices. They actually use the uh, character voices, which is nice. So did you? You didn't skip over Torchlight Two, did you? No, I'm going in order. No, Torchlight Two is first. What? Yeah, whatever. You you do what you need to do. No, it wasn't. Not Legos on the list first. You switch those. <laughs> I did not touch it. You. I did not touch it. No. Now why is my screen share gone? I don't know, Jerry. Because oh. it knows you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> you. There we go. So Torchlight Two. Uh, anybody that's ever played Diablo? Uh, Diablo Three. This is uh, very, very similar. You can have up to, you can play individually, you can do two-person, you can do, I think you can do three and four-person also. This is this has been a lot of fun. Very Dungeons & Dragons-esque. You have a character, you increase its skills as you go along, you learn new spells uh, or, you know, um, different uh, attacks. And it's just fun. It's just a whole lot of fun, and I played a lot of that with my friend Justin over break. So this was this was a good one. Story, there's really not. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's got to be a story. There's really not, there's a story, but it's very it's not very strong. But it, it was a fun game, and now it's on sale for like four ninety nine. You can <laughs> buy you can buy a four pack for fifteen dollars. Hmm. So that that's a lot of fun. Now. You can tell Steam's getting really big. I actually saw my first Steam gift card this year. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, they're coming. They're also. There's been some news about their new. Uh, you the know, platform. their new console. Yeah. 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 There's ones coming out in I think first quarter 2014. Wow. So another game which totally not appropriate for the classroom, but I wanted to bring it up because of. Uh, that's probably all the farther you want to go. <laughs> That's all the farther you want to go there, Jerry. Um, Far Cry 3. It's been out for a while, but it was on sale over over break. And I kept on hearing, you know, the story's pretty cool. It's about these kids, these rich kids that were that are on this island, and they get captured by these, I don't know if you want to call terrorists or thugs or whatever, and they're trying to get ransom money, and you're trying to escape. Um, the 
content is very R-rated. Um, I thought the storyline would be, and I don't know, I'm getting, I'm getting into it. it. It was pretty intense. I mean, it, you know, pretty intense at the beginning. You're trying to get away, and and they they really get your adrenaline pumping. I think, and I find this with a lot of games that have stories, is that the gameplay actually reduces the the story. It may, doesn't make it as as fun. Um, in order, you know, they want to make it realistic that you can't get shot or hit like, you know, 20 times before you you die. Yeah. Um, so they say, okay, you can only get hit a few times, but then you need to you need to collect these plants, and then you put these <laughs> plants together, and you give yourself a shot when you're injured, and it heals you instantly. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm still playing it. We'll yeah. see how it goes, but I'm not as impressed as, as what I thought I was going to be. Interesting. So there's that one. One of the other Xbox games that we got was uh, Forza 3 because we just wanted a regular racing game. Regular old racing game. Regular old racing that. game. And I want to get more into this because it does seem that you can uh, customize and do some other things, which would be very interesting. Um, you know, I'm sure with your graphic arts stuff, Jerry... And design, you know, some of these designs are really slick. Yeah. Um, we also, you know, this is a game that I, I can play with my my kids. They love the racing games, and but we didn't want we didn't need a game that you know, oh, I'm being chased by the cops, or oh, I have uh, Mad Max, you know, guns. You know, <laughs> I'm not playing. The well, that's a little not more in the movie real. Mad Max. You know, a I little got more a real life for you. Oh yeah, I'm always running away from the cops, yeah. and the cops always have Lamborghinis. So you know. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so this is a, this was a fun one, and it's like six ninety nine at uh, you know GameStop. That's pretty cool. That's nice. Uh, another game that I was playing a lot over break was Small World Two, and now they it seems they have a six player map. I don't know if I have to buy it or not. Right now I'm in the middle of a four player game, and it's been going pretty well. You can set you can designate the times of how much time you have. Uh, like when it's your turn, you have you can have 24 hours, 48 hours. I think you can even make it less than a, an hour um, uh, before you have to make a move. And I think that's kind of, that's really nice. Different combinations, especially with the larger maps. A lot of, I really would like to try this with my students. And this is also on Steam. I've had some buggy issues with it on Steam, but um, the combinations, math is involved. And I do have the board game. Uh, the board game takes a while to set up, but this is this really helps with the rules because the rules can get very complicated, and it seems that it makes it easier for you to understand. Of you know, can I move people here? Can I use this special skill? Um, so on and so forth. And I, I really want to get this going with a group of kids because the math that's involved is is really is really nice, and it, you really have to strategize. Do I want to take this this um, um, this character with this skill set and you know the best combinations do I want to sacrifice a little bit so I can gain ahead in the long run and win the game huh. so it's it's a nice very the iOS version is very slick very good very slick yeah I really I'm really enjoying that game uh, of course we had Candy Crush and then Candy Crush Saga yep and I think that's I think that's it before I get to my last one here Jerry does there I mean did you have you had Game Club? Is there something that you've been playing a little bit? 
Not a lot of game club going on. It's been uh, it was know. a short week. Yeah, yeah. I had kids no, disappointed we, it, that we didn't have it this week. Yeah, ours was taken by the storm. Usually it would have been Tuesday night, and then we're into finals this week. So oh, uh, you do that after? Yes, we do it oh, after break. Yeah. We we used to do that in our district. And now it's gone to uh, before. There's and, been some discussion. But. Oh, they the the teachers and the the kids they thoroughly enjoy that more. Because yeah. then it's done, and then you can get it all done before you leave for break, and you start fresh when you get back. Well, it's nice you start fresh. It, it, you know what? It's nice. It's nice time-wise for a break because we come back, and we have like one week, but everybody's trying to cram everything in, and then you take finals, and it's nice because we get another little break with finals. But then you literally go from a Friday to starting with new classes on a Monday, yeah. which is weird. You know, yeah. it's hard to gain energy going in like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, something I, I do want to share, uh, you know, we talked about my student, Eric, who has leukemias down in Memphis and staying at the Ronald McDonald House, but also going to, um, he's, um, goes to St. Jude to get treatments. Things have been well, and, you know, I, I you never, you want to knock on wood, do whatever you want to do there, but uh, things have been going well. He's responding well to treatment, and, you know, they're looking at uh, a schedule of bringing him back, uh, back home for a little bit. But of course, he's anybody that knows about uh, dealing with this, uh, you know, sickness is is it's you're always doing things for a while. He's going to be traveling a lot, and so they're still um, they're still fighting it and still hmm. moving along. But there was a uh, I do want to thank. Uh, you know, on the show, Nilo actually made a donation to the fund. Oh, so very cool. I thought that was, he said it was, you know, of course, very humble. He said, oh, it was a very small, very small gift. And, and you know, but it's it makes a huge difference. It makes a huh. huge difference. So, and then I just found out yesterday, and we just shared it with our kids, that um, Eric was supposed to be involved in a dodgeball tournament. That was to help St. Jude. And the day that I think he actually was sent down to Memphis uh, was the day of this dodgeball tournament. Kind of, you know, irony or whatever you uh, want to say. And the the PE teachers have been wonderful, and um, they put to they're going to put together another dodgeball tournament. And they're going to call it Dodging for Dolan, which is Eric's last. <laughs> That's awesome. And we're really going to get this pumped up and everybody involved and all the funds, everything that's made, uh, you know, everything's going to be donated and then all the funds will go to his, uh, his fund to help him. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. And it's going to be at the end of the month on the 31st, which also happens to be his birthday. Oh, very good. So I think that's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. So thank you for all those that have supported that and, and helped out. Um, you know, education's a serious thing, but when it comes to family and, and our kids, it's uh, it's even more so. Yep. Jerry? Agreed. Anything else you want to share? Uh, watch out for the potholes. Yeah, I yeah you hit a big one. I I had a I'm guessing mine was much smaller, but I'm in a smaller vehicle, so you know it seemed to yeah. Did, did you want to change dog. the name of the show, Jerry? I mean, yep. did, I didn't get you involved here. Yeah, potholes and and other stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, I I still want to say something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on that note. <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on EdReach and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach network. Have a great week. Thank <laughs> you.